Good afternoon, this is Caleb Arnd with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel. I want to welcome you today. It is the 9th of March. We're at Monday, and it's hard to believe we're done with the first week of March already, and we're into this, the next work week. Today we're going to be reading from Psalm 52, Numbers 11, 24, through uh, the rest of chapter 13, Proverbs chapter 11. We're going to start that and read the first three verses today. Then we're going to look at the book of uh, Mark chapter 14, verses 22 through 52. Before we go and jump into that, let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, please bless this time that we have together to study your word and to read and to know your truth. Lord, I pray that you would open our ears and our hearts and our minds to receive your instruction. Help me to read well, I pray, and to pronounce all the words correctly. And I pray, Father, that um, you would meet us where we're at. Please send your Holy Spirit to give us clarity, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, and uh, guidance uh, so that we can truly understand your word. Please give us your message today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to read from Psalm 50, uh, Psalm 52 today, and it says, Why boastest thou thyself in mischief, O mighty man? The goodness of God endureth continually. Thy tongue deviseth mischiefs, like a sharp razor working deceitfully. Thou lovest evil more than good, and lying rather than to speak righteousness, Selah. Thou lovest all devouring words, O thou deceitful tongue. God shall likewise destroy thee forever. He shall take thee away, and pluck thee out of thy dwelling place, and root thee out of the land of the living, Selah. The righteous also shall see and fear, and shall laugh at him. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches, and strengthened himself in his wickedness. But I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever, because thou hast done it. And I will wait on thy name, for it is good before thy saints. Here Psalm 52 starts with the introduction of to the chief musician, Maschil, a psalm of David. When Doeg the Edomite came and told Saul and said unto him, David is come to the house of Ahimelech. And so David is expressing unto uh, the wicked, unto those that do mischief, unto those that use their tongue falsely, and those that love evil, that thy tongue deviseth mischief. It's like a, a sharp razor that cuts and that works deceit and does wickedness. And that thou, they that love evil... Even when they're deceitful, God shall likewise destroy them. And so this is a warning psalm. This is a, a psalm that is declaring the righteousness of God and the justice of God to work that righteousness against sin and against wickedness. And this is also the righteous shall see and fear and shall laugh at them. And, but it also is declaring the state of David and the state of the righteous, the state of the saved and the obedient, that they are like a green olive tree in the house of God. They bring forth good fruit in uh, the Lord and they obey the Lord and they trust in the mercy of God forever and ever to continue to help them to grow. Now we're going to turn to the book of Numbers today, the book of Numbers. We're going to read from chapter 11, verse 24, and that starts with, and Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and gathered the seventy men of the elders of the people, and set them round about the tabernacle. 
And the Lord came down in a cloud, and spake unto him, and took of the Spirit that was upon him, and gave it unto the seventy elders. And it came to pass, that when the Spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, and did not cease. But there remained two of the men in the camp. The name of the one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them, and they were of them that were written, but went not out unto the tabernacle, and they prophesied in the camp. And there ran a young man, and told Moses, and said, Eldad and Medad do prophesy in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Moses, one of his young men, answered, and said, My lord Moses, forbid them. And Moses said unto him, Enviest thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them? And Moses gat him into the camp, he and the elders of Israel. And they went forth, a wind from the Lord, and brought quails from the sea, and let them fall by the camp, as it were a day's journey on this side, and as it were a day's journey on the other side, round about the camp, and as it were two cubits high upon the face of the earth. And the people stood up all that day, and all that night, and all the next day, and they gathered the quails. He that gathered least gathered ten omers, and they spread them all abroad for themselves round about the camp. And while the flesh was yet between their teeth, ere it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord smote the people with a great plague. And he called the name of that place Kibroth Hatava, because there they buried the people that lusted. And the people journeyed from Kibroth Hatava unto Hazaroth, and abode at Hazaroth. Chapter 12. And Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men that which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I the Lord will make myself known unto him in a vision, and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and in the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then, were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not this sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received in again. And Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days, and the people journeyed not till Miriam was brought in again. And afterward the people removed from Hazaroth and pitched in the wilderness of Paran. So in chapter 11, we have the uh, the man Moses. In the previous day, in the previous uh, reading up to verse 23, the people were uh, 
whining and complaining and grumbling and rebelling against the Lord and wanting to go back to Egypt, and they were complaining that they didn't have any flesh to eat. And so Moses um, prays unto the Lord, asking the Lord for help just to be able to bear this people, just to be able to speak unto them and to, to lead them and to guide them and asking for help in doing so. And so the Lord says, okay, choose out 70 men and I'll take the spirit, my spirit that is upon you and I'll give it upon them so that they can prophesy, so that they can help lead and to help judge the people and to help you lead the people. And so they do this. And the 70 men, including Eldad and Medad, also began to prophesy in the camp. And so here Moses, his meekness is shown. He's not trying to do all this for his own vanity or for, to make himself puffed up. Even at 80 years old, Moses, he doesn't really want uh, power. He just wants the people to do what the Lord does and the, what the Lord wants them to do. And so here he says, uh, Envious thou for my sake? Would God that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. He, it would be better if God's spirit rested upon all of the children of Israel here, so that all of them could know the will of the Lord, so that all of them could prophesy, and all of them would have the desire to do the will of the Lord in their hearts. And there went forth a wind from the Lord, and so the Lord brought all these quail to the this area. And for this part, I'm going to read from, this is uh, The Old Testament Speaks by Samuel J. Schultz, and it's an Old Testament commentary, and it's going to tell us a little bit about the, uh, the quails and about, um, actually, one comment about yesterday's reading as well, talking about the... Uh, people of Hobab, Moses requested the aid of Hobab, whose familiarity with the desert qualified him to furnish scouting services for Israel's forward march. Apparently, he agreed to accompany them since his descendants later resided in Canaan, and his uh, reference there is Judges 1.16 and Judges 4.11. Now, uh, continuing quoting from Samuel Schultz, Schultz uh, the Old Testament speaks in page 80, in route, the Israelites complained and rebelled, pressed and perplexed. Moses appealed to God in prayer. In response, he was instructed to select 70 elders whom God endued to share his responsibilities. In addition, God sent a great wind to bring an abundant supply of quails to the Israelites. The intemperate and indulgent people ate them uncooked, so that the gratification of their lust became a plague which caused the death of many. Appropriately, this place was named Kibroth Hatava, meaning Graves of Lust. Dissatisfaction and jealousy spread to the leaders. Even Aaron and Miriam questioned their brother's position of leadership. Moses was vindicated when Miriam was afflicted with leprosy. Aaron repent, repented immediately, never again to challenge his brother's authority. And through Moses' intercessory prayer, Miriam was restored. Now from this, we see that Moses' relatives help guide them through the desert and scout for them. And possibly using horses or uh, horseback riders, scouting sir, uh, and acting as scouts for him to clear the way for them and to observe the way for them and to warn them ahead of time for any enemies that they will encounter. Now, also, uh, once these 70 elders have been become prophesying, they take up these positions of leadership in the camp. We see here after this that the Lord brings these quail um, flocks of quail from the sea and bring them close to the people of Israel and they, they're so hungry for flesh and so tired of manna that they don't even cook 
the birds before they try to eat them raw. And because of their lust, and because they don't even bother to thank the Lord for the food, and that they don't bother to cook it first, the, the Lord uses this, and he smites them with a very great plague. And he, they called the place, the name of that place, Kibroth Hatava, because there they buried the people that lusted. Now, after this, Miriam and Aaron rise up kind of against Moses, and God challenges them. He, he stops this right in its tracks because he doesn't want a church split. He didn't want Miriam and Aaron to begin to draw people away from him and away from the Lord. He wanted unity, and so he stopped the backbiting. He stopped the slander. He stopped the... Uh, the problems and the uprisings and disunity immediately. And he called all three of them to come forward. Now it says, Moses was a meek man, very meek, above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Now what does the word meek mean? And uh, the Webster's 1828 dictionary says that meek means mild of temper, soft, gentle, not easily provoked or irritated, yielding, given to forbearance under injuries. A pro, uh, second, uh, second definition, appropriately humble in an evangelical sense, submissive to the divine will, not proud, self-sufficient, or refractory, not peevish, and apt to complain of divine dispensations. Christ says, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest to your souls. So a meek man is somebody who's not easily angered, not easily provoked, not easily um, twisted or turned or manipulated into... Uh, reacting emotionally and irresponsibly against somebody that's trying to provoke them. And so it says Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And so that's one of the traits that we can know is one of the uh, one of the traits and characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, which is long-suffering and meekness. And so if you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and it's speaking to you about this, it wants you to he, the Lord, wants you to be more meek, more temperate, more self-controlled, more patient and long-suffering. And so the Lord, and he calls out Moses and Aaron and Miriam, and they go to the door of the tabernacle, and he calls Aaron and Miriam to come forward. And so the Lord rebukes Aaron and Miriam. Moses didn't have to. The Lord did so himself. And he said that... For you, or if uh, I will bring a prophet forward among the children of Israel, I'll speak to them in dreams, and I'll speak to them in visions. But for Moses, he's not like that. He is somebody I have specifically called, somebody I have specifically spoken to, and continue to speak to mouth to mouth, face to face, even apparently, not in dark speeches, not in things that need to be interpreted and understood. And so... He directly rebukes Aaron and Miriam uh, for offending Moses or for speaking against Moses. And then he makes Miriam, as the Lord departs from off of the tabernacle, he makes Miriam white and leprous as snow, it says. So all of her body is covered in this, these, this leprosy. And so Moses prays for her, and after seven days, which the Lord declares, after that seven days, she is healed, and then they move on to their next destination in the wilderness and encampment. Now, why, uh, why else did Miriam and Aaron uh, speak against Moses? It says, because the 
of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Now, back when Moses was in Egypt, and before he was 40 years old, he lived a full 40 years in the in Pharaoh's palace and in, Pharaoh, in Pharaoh's command and uh, in his family. And so this could have been a previous marriage before Moses fled from Egypt and possibly uh, could have possibly left this Ethiopian, Ethiopian woman or a wife behind. Um, there are some known allegiances between Egypt and Ethiopia that date back to that time frame. So this could have been a political marriage, uh, like a peace marriage between them. Or it could, it could also be a marriage that Moses married an Ethiopian woman who came with them out of Egypt. Okay, now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs. We're going to read from Proverbs chapter 11 today. And it says, A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. So once again, starting in this chapter of Proverbs, we have three verses that are direct comparisons between good actions and bad actions, or good wise things and evil wicked things. And so the first thing is a uh, comparison between the wickedness of a false balance, and it said is a, it is a, an abomination to the Lord that's utterly hated by God. Somebody who's trying to use something that should be a standard weight to be able to give a fair value of money to the other person in exchange for their goods is being used now to try to cheat people out of their money. So they're both lying, cheating, and basically stealing from people. But a just weight is his delight. Those things that are just, they are good, they are exactly right, and they're accurately measured. It is his delight because people are being honest and truthful and being fair. Verse 2, when pride cometh, then cometh shame. Somebody who is proud and speaks proudly and speaks uh, maybe evil uh, unto his neighbor based on that pride, it brings shame unto them. And somebody that, uh, if you can just imagine somebody that's haughty and scornful and just thinks that they're better than everybody else, that is a shameful behavior and people will, be, will know him by that. But with the lowly is wisdom. Somebody who is always listening and trying to learn and trying to grow it gets wisdom more because they're trying to bring new things into their mind. They're trying to bring wise things into their mind which will help them. Verse 3, the integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. Integrity and honesty and truth and good nature, good character and principles that guide a person in their life shall be guides unto them. Unto them. And so it'll be like signs or posts by their roadway and will help them to stay on the right path. But the perverseness or the ability to change quickly and rapidly or be tossed to and fro of transgressors shall destroy them because they are not consistent and they're not stable and they don't follow sure principles and that shall lead to their destruction. We're going to turn to the book of Mark now and read from chapter 14. I'm going to read verses 22 through 52 today. And as they did eat, Jesus took bread and blessed and brake it and gave to them and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. 
And he said unto them, This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Verily I say unto you, I will drink no more of the fruit of the vine until that day that I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung in him, they went out into the Mount of Olives. And Jesus saith unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered. But after that I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. But Peter said unto him, Although all shall be offended, yet will I not. And Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. But he spake the more vehemently, If I should die with thee, I will not deny thee in any wise. Likewise also said they all. And they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he saith to his disciples, Sit ye here, while I shall pray. And he, he taketh with him Peter, and James, and John, and began to be sore amazed, and to be very heavy. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch. And he went forward a little, and fell on the ground, and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but will what thou wilt. And he cometh, and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Watch ye, and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away, and prayed, and spake the same words. And when he returned, he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither wist they what to answer him. And he cometh the third time, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. It is enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up, let us go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately, while he yet spake, cometh Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayed him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, take him, and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goeth straightway to him, and saith, Master, Master, and kissed him. And they laid their hands on him, and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword, and smote a servant of the high priest, and cut off his ear. And Jesus answered, and said unto them, Are ye come out as against a thief, with swords and with staves, to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and ye took me not, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. And they all forsook him, and fled. And there followed him a certain young man, having a linen cloth cast about his naked body, and the young men laid hold on him. And he left the linen cloth, and fled from them naked. Now here we have, in the, the book of Mark chapter 14, uh, Jesus is breaking the bread, and as they're breaking the bread and he's giving it to them, he says, take, eat, this is my body. And then he does the same, and he blesses the cup and gives it to them, and they drink of it as well. And this was the first, uh, the first dinner, the first ordinance of the Lord's Supper. This is also why we participate in the Lord's Supper in our churches. We remember the Lord, and we remember his commands to take and eat, and to take the cup, and to drink, and to remember him, and to remember the New Testament, which is the, um, the New Testament of Christ's blood, which was shed for the entire world, and for many. Now, he begins to warn his disciples that 
all of them shall be offended and they'll they'll flee from him they'll run from him they'll be offended they'll um, be offended because he's going to be caught going to be taken and Peter declares that he shall not be offended and then Jesus uh, explains to him and prophesies that he will deny him three times before the cock crows, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. And all the disciples also say that they shall not deny him. They shall not be offended of him. They, they shall not flee and leave him. And so what happens? They go and they go to the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus asks and takes uh, Peter, James, and John with him and just a little bit further to pray in a, a slightly separate place where he was normally... Uh, come to pray and because he normally came here and regularly came here Judas know knew where to go to find him there and so he asked them to pray with him sometimes we just need somebody to pray with us we just need somebody to be there and to comfort us uh, and to to ask and beseech the Lord for us as well that he the Lord would help us and to answer our prayers and so here we see the the several different prayers of the Lord. And so he says, my soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And uh, he cries to the, the Lord, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And so why was he declaring this? Hey, there are a couple possible reasons. One is that this was just the cup of sin and iniquity that he was being prepared to drink from and to become for the entire world. And so this, this cup, this uh, cup of sin and wickedness that was the sin of all the world of past, present, and future that he would have to bear upon himself in his own body was directly contradictory to his true nature, which is righteousness and truth and justice and goodness and the absolute uh, opposite of sin. He is light and he is love and he is the opposite of sin. And so he comes back and goes back to the disciples, asks them to continue to pray for him. The other also thing that was happening here was that the devil wanted to kill him and wanted to oppress him and wanted to deny the fulfillment of the prophecy and the deny the fulfillment of Jesus shedding his blood for the remission of sins on the cross. And so he is trying to oppress and to kill Jesus here in the garden beforehand. And so the Lord is asking that this would also pass from him and that the Lord would strengthen him. And so when he found his disciples asleep still, and if he, he finds them asleep, multiple times. And the third time he comes to them, he says, go ahead and keep sleeping on now. It, it is enough. The hour has come. And so after a little bit, the he tells them, rise up, let us go. He that betrayeth me is at hand. And so Judas comes and he betrays the Lord Jesus Christ by signaling unto those that he brought with him by kissing the Lord on the cheek. And this was the sign and the signal for they, those that were with him that uh, had staves and had swords, and staves are just like short staves that were thick and used to be uh, kind of like rods that could be used to, to swing as a baseball bat, or they could also be used to try to knock weapons out of people's hands. They could be used to try to prod prisoners in front of them and to goad them into going faster. And so they come with staves, they came with swords, they came with these weapons, 
to a man that was unarmed and defenseless against these physical weapons, but we'll see later in the book of John that he had this spirit of God, which is sharper than any worldly sword. And so once Judas betrays him and the, the Lord goes into their hands and uh, surrenders into their hands and they take him away, that then all of his disciples flee away from him. And Jesus asks them, Are ye come out as a thief, as against a thief, with swords and with staves to take me? I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and ye took me not. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then all of his disciples fled and forsook him and ran away. Friend, let's not be like his disciples. We, unlike his disciples, at this point in time, we have the Holy Spirit in us right now. We can be like his disciples will be later who has the power of the Holy Spirit on, upon their lives and has the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of them that can strengthen us and we can stay at the feet of the Lord and serving him and loving him as long as we live. Friend, let's decide to serve and to love Jesus and to obey his word and to grow in his truth. I hope this has been a blessing to you definitely has been to me, as it always is, studying the Word of God and, and knowing Him better. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, please email them to me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com. You, you can also find me on Twitter at wwgpod, stands for Walk With God Podcast, at wwgpod. I'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk With God Podcast episode. Thanks once again, and God bless you.